do I know what God is saying? How do I hear the voice of God? How do I talk to God? My favorite question in ministry right here. And I think a lot of people so deeply desire to hear from God, but there's a lot of blocks that get in the way of that. And I'm going to talk about that. But the number one thing you have to know is actually, let's just get into it. I'm jumping right into this one. Here we go. Number one, if you want to hear the voice of God, you have to filter your thoughts and your perceptions of him. So when I was struggling to hear the voice of God around 19, 20 years old, I still believed that God was punishing, condemning, and judgmental. So when I would have heart-to-heart conversations with God in prayer, I still felt like he was judging me. I still felt like he didn't care. I felt like he, you know, wouldn't have an answer for me. And most of the time in that season of my life, God didn't give me clear answers, but the answers were him changing my perception of him. And that was the answered prayer. Like, I think God was more like, don't come to me for what you need. I'm going to change the way you think of me because I think that's really what you're struggling with. Okay, hopefully that just made sense. But the problem with listening to the voice of God is we don't have a good understanding of God yet, or there's still a blockage of how we do understand God. So number two, there are no prerequisites for hearing the voice of God. What do I mean by this? You don't have to be perfect to hear the voice of God because, newsflash, none of us are perfect. The reason Jesus died on the cross was because no one is perfect. And he took on this perfect sacrifice to open up salvation, communication, relationship with God, right? Like he was the sacrifice, took on the punishment that we deserved, and now there's open access to an open heaven, an open salvation, an open dialogue with God. There are no prerequisites. You don't have to like be this perfect person to hear the voice of God. God's going to wrestle the blockage right there with you. And if you're still struggling with that thought that he's condemning or he's punishing, he's mostly going to speak to that before he speaks to answering your question because God's number one goal in life is twofold, is that you would know him and know your heart. Your heart is irreplaceable. It's unique. It's like a snowflake. There is no one else with your God-given heart. It was handcrafted, creatively made by his divine, omnipotent nature. It's been through experiences. It's been through stories. It's been through heartache. It's been through maybe trauma. It's been through everything. And he knows your heart better than you know it. And then he just wants you to know your heart. And he wants you to know himself not other people, not what he's going to do for you, not necessarily, et cetera, et cetera, the future, the plans, the whatever. Most of the times you will get answers to the future, to the past, or to the present by understanding who you are and who God is. I'm going to walk you through that in a second. So we have to understand that people, 90% of people, their actions operate out of what's going on in their head. So for instance, if you've ever seen the movie 500 Days of Summer, the movie, the narrator starts off the movie saying, this is not a love story. 
like we're told flat out this is not a love story but what happens is the audience watches this guy fall in love with this girl and we sympathize for this guy because we root for the hopeless romantic we root for the guy who thinks that he deserves the girl only because he wants her so badly we don't see the fact that like he should be saved from getting hurt from this girl because again he's operating out of this unrealistic rom-com fantasy view of romance this almost it's delusional and he's letting that rom-com fantasy dictate his life and that's why we root for him because he's so sentimental and whatever and his rom-com fantasy thought life like the way he operates in his brain doesn't let him see the the bad traits about whoever's summer zoe deschanel's character because he's only living and operating out of this rom-com fantasy view of life that he has same notion goes for god you will encounter god in as far as you have thoughts about him and who he is so if god is good and wants to meet all of your needs and he's a father and he's the prodigal father who even if you get off the path he runs and picks you up and gives you a robe and a ring and puts shoes on your feet and says you're my son and you're like this is your home if that's god you're probably going to hear him really well but if god is the judgmental guy in the cloud who condemns you and is counting your sins like santa keeps track of your naughtiness then you're probably not going to trust that when you do hear God, it was the truth and what he had to say. This comes into the other thing we have to keep in mind. What is our level of trust with other people? Are we insecure? If we've met the most trustworthy people in our life, are we still insecure about what they say? And this is something I work with teenage girls and I was a teenage girl. This is something we deeply struggle with. And I've seen girls carry this into their 20s and I've met people in their 40s who are married and they still struggle with this trust and this insecurity is that a guy they're married to, a guy they're dating, even their best friend can say the ultimate truth to them but they're so insecure that they're unable to internalize it, to receive it and to respond out of that truth and I think the thing with hearing the voice of God directly lies in the same thing is that if something comforting consoling joyful or peaceful or gentle or truthful is spoken to you through nature and other people and song lyrics and movies why wouldn't it be the voice of god because essentially jesus is a person but god is not so this idea that he's you know the guy with the beard and the clouds it's a great image and Michelangelo painted it with you know the um, depiction of Adam and he's being touched by God which means he's being brought to life when we're touched by God with his words our soul is brought to life because God's words are life-giving they're sharper than any two-edged sword scripture says right like when you hear God speak it's supposed to either bring you peace joy consolation clarity and understanding or you know, it's supposed to make meaning to your life. So, for instance, one of the biggest ways I really became, I was insecure that God could speak through movies and, like, TV shows 
Um, I always knew that if a TV show or a movie, like a character was going through something that I went through, I was like, I identify with this. I have to watch it 20 times. But then I started to realize like God's speaking to my life through this. I'm allowed to receive this. I'm allowed to internalize it and to make meaning out of it. And that's what happens when you read scripture. That's what happens when you read a book about who Jesus is. That's a hundred percent of what should happen every time you go to mass is that there is something during that mass that's going to speak specifically to you because that's how God works. And sometimes it might not be a word. Sometimes it might not be something the priest says, and sometimes it might not be something that is said, but it's a feeling of peace. It's a feeling of I'm safe here. It's a feeling of trust. I know I'm talking really fast. Um, I just hope that you talk to God more than you listen to this podcast. That's the other thing that gets in the way. Most people will try and read a hundred books about God versus talking to God. And it's better to talk to God than to talk about God. And that's the same thing with anyone because back to the teenage girl analogy, teenage girls will stalk their crush on every form of social media, but they'll never talk to his face. They know everything about his Aunt Sharon and their fishing trip but she knows nothing about his day-to-day like conversation with her. And that to me is just LOL because I did that and now I'm watching it and I'm like, ah, cringe. But okay, so I forget where I was going, but lots of tangent, a lot of myself speaking fast. That's the coffee kicking in. But let me just tell you um, a quick story of how I began to see God speak to me in um, movies. So one night, it was like a Sunday night. It was like nine o'clock at night and I'd work the next day. Had to get up early, but something compelled me. I was on a Kate Hudson kick. I just love Kate Hudson. I think she's beautiful. Um, She actually reminds me of one of my best friends, but she's just like a really funny actress. I really like her in a lot of movies. So I did this thing where like every weekend I watched a different Kate Hudson movie and there was one movie. I don't even remember the name. This is how much I, you know, related to it, whatever. Um... But it was basically that she was terminally ill, but she fell in love with the doctor taking care of her. And I don't think I'll give many spoilers. But one of the di- the diagnosis that she had when she got terminally ill was she had colon cancer. And there was, th- there was like, again, she's really funny, but there was this scene that she was in the doctor's office. And she was just like naming the list of symptoms that she had right before her colonoscopy. And I know that this is TMI, but this literally saved my life. Um, and she's like listing all of these things and she's about to get a colonoscopy. And I literally had to pause the movie because I was like, I have all of those symptoms. Like I should probably go to the doctor. And then the next day I made an appointment, finally found a GI doctor because we know how hard, hard it is to get appointments within the medical field, especially a gastro doctor, um, made the appointment, went to the doctor, TMI, but Um, this is how God works, scheduled a colonoscopy. And they basically told me that if I had waited two months more or even a year to get that procedure done, I would have showed signs of early colon cancer. And that movie literally saved my life. And it was in that moment that I realized God literally uses every action, every desire, my desire to watch Kate Hudson movies to literally speak life to me, to save my life and to put Um, something in my forefront and and to help me unpack what I was going through. Kate Hudson, if you're listening to my podcast, that movie saved my life. You will not listen to this podcast, but if someone knows Kate Hudson, please send her this podcast and tell her I said, you're amazing. Um, So that's how God can speak to us. That's a really loud and clear 
God speaking moment. If anything in the media or anything in music speaks to you, what you want to do then is you want to take that and do something with it. So my approach was really practical. It made me make a doctor's appointment. It made me go on and get my health better. If a movie or a scene projects you to do that, go jump. You'll just be inspired to jump. It's the Holy Spirit. The other thing is if it's more of like a quote resonates with you or a word speaks to you, um, God's asking you to pray with that. So a a tactic I use, especially with scripture, is if a Bible verse speaks to me, I, I journal about it. So I'll write the verse at the top of a blank piece of paper or on a blank Word document, and then I'll just unpack my life, my stories, my experiences, and how I feel and really unpack it with that word of scripture. If someone says something to me, um, you know, like if someone's speaking to me and they really speak to my heart, you know, test what that person says, especially if they're giving you advice. Take the advice that someone has said and see if it's actually true for you and if it's actually encouraging you, comforting you, or upbuilding you as a person. If none of those things are doing, that, like if that's not working, it's not giving you peace, clarity, or helping you to understand your situation better or whatever you're going through or whatever it is, um, disregard the advice. It's not from God, right? So this is the thing you have to keep in mind. If someone gives you a word of advice, and this goes for anything, if it doesn't give you peace, comfort, encouragement, joy, you know, if you really don't feel yourself being able to think about the situation differently or approach the situation differently or show up to the situation differently, it was not a word from God and that person basically was maybe had ulterior motives or that person was speaking from their own intentions for you. They were selfish about what they want for you, right? Like that's where we really have to get in tune with our own spirit and connect to our own heart so that we can discern if that person's being truth and trustworthy or if they're just speaking out of their own desires for me. Because nine times out of 10, when people give advice, they're trying to please you. They're trying to minister to your feelings. They're trying to make you feel good. But then again, if you know yourself and you know who God is, you're going to know if someone's trying to please you instead of pleasing you for the fact of willing your good and willing the good for you. Um, I actually heard this line on America's Got Talent the other night when Simon Cowell was after someone did their audition, he was like, we were willing the good for you to do so well. And then you just like you blew us out of the water. Like the intention is always good. And then the result is always good. So just always know that if someone has ulterior motives for you, you got to test that. But here's the thing. God never has ulterior motives for you. And God wants to set you free. God wants you to know what he's doing right now. He wants you to move and think and act. And sometimes he's not going to tell you what to do, but wants you to take that risk of making a step in the right direction without clarity, without even security. Um, And he's just going to bless everything that you do choose because you have free will. Again, I know I'm moving really fast, but this is a really good episode, so just take your time with it. Um, Five practical ways to hear the voice of God. So I said movies, the media, music. Those have been profound experiences in my life, and American culture really helps us understand the goodness of God through the media because, you know, that's just something that is really um, popular in our country. Other cultures, you know, they do dances, they do song, they, um, and people do song here, but, you know, the rituals of, like, um, drums and 
musical instruments, like that's their way of hearing the voice of God. Ours can be really specific though. As human beings, as a human being with five senses, here's how we can hear the voice of God. You can see an image. So if you have a really awesome imagination, here's what I want you to do. If you want to hear the voice of God, and I had an experience like this, if you can see certain images and make up certain scenarios in your imagination, and they give you excitement, they give you energy, they give you peace, they give you clarity, it just feels right and it re-energizes you, that's God speaking to you. I had a situation like this, again, around 19, 20 years old. 19, 20 years old was when God just moved in my life loud and clear. And when I was getting ready to graduate college, there was just something so it was just this clear vision right on my right in my imagination that I would be, you know, teaching and educating young girls on theology of the body and who God is. And it gave me so much excitement. I was like, I can't wait to just teach these girls the truths of the faith. I just can't wait to teach theology of the body. And I like wrote down this vision in my journal. It made me so happy. Lo and behold, six months after I graduate college, my first job, campus minister, all girls school, you're going to teach theology of the body. Again, this is like prophetic. This is God giving you the answer to your future through a vision, through this clear scenario. And I think especially college kids, like if you see yourself doing something in the future and you don't jump on it, maybe you should discern that. Like maybe God is saying this will make you the most happy. And my job does not financially support me in any way but I'm so happy and there's something so beautiful to that and I think that that's a way of seeing God speak like and it's so weird to say but seeing God just move in your life through that vision um there's a scripture in um oh gosh I don't even know how to say the book of the bible it's like habuka or something the abbreviation is (laughs) h-a-b And it's chapter 2, verse 2, and it's this prophetic word. Like, write down the vision God gives you. Write it on a piece of paper. At that point, they were so back in the day that they said tablets. You know, write it on tablets so that the one who reads it may run and go do it. And it's basically saying, like, write down the vision that you got and then see what happens in the future. The second way we can hear God is literally hearing Um, So this is like the voice of the mind. So there are really supernatural experiences that people have where they're like, that wasn't my voice, that wasn't my own thoughts, but something just spoke over me. If you've ever had that encounter, write it down and cherish it forever. That is a so supernatural moment. Um, God literally speaking to you. But again, like I said, it could be an encouraging or a consoling word from someone in a conversation, someone you dearly admire, um, TV, music, TV show, etc. So something that you hear and it gives you encouragement and consoling words or messages. The third way to hear the voice of God is literally a physical feeling. I am envious of people who do this. I've had miracles of health and, and goodness over my whole body, but I've never felt it. One of the manifestations of God speaking to you is physical feelings like you get chills when you hear something I've heard goosebumps is a manifestation of God but if you're just like cold in the supermarket it's probably not God 
um, just get out of the cold milk aisle. Uh, people flushed with heat. I've got actually, I've, I've experienced heat at mass. It could be like blasting the AC and I'm like sweating or like really hot at one, one part of my body. And it's just the Lord like showing his presence there. Sometimes that can mean something. Again, you got to take this to prayer. You got to journal with it. I've heard a lot of people that I work with say they feel heat on their hands. That's a sign of healing ministry. I've hear, heard people say that they just feel heat on the places where they want healing in certain parts of their body. And and that healing is like the healing fire of God, just healing that um, ailment or whatever you're going through. Um, But again, chills, a rush of peace. If you struggle with anxiety and all of a sudden you're praying and, and peace floods your body, God's giving you that gift. So trust it. And and a number one thing to do when you're when you realize it's God and you realize it's the voice of God, I want you to just say thank you. Thank you Jesus. Like thank you Lord. You're receiving it. You're internalizing it. You're saying yes, this is true. I admit it and I'm not going to be insecure about it. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Or if you're really being taken over by it and you just feel like you need to receive more of it, just say Lord, I know this is you. Give me more. Lord, I know this is you. I want more. And that's that's a fun prayer. Next way to hear God is just knowing. So if you know information, thoughts, or sentences that just make sense to you, it's probably God. Um, and this could be like you're talking to your friend and they say, I think this person like cheated on their girlfriend or whatever. And you have this like deep confidence about it. Again, you might just know like that might just be God revealing it to you. And you just know like you just you just know you can call it intuition. You can call it a gut reaction. Same thing. If any of these following things come to you while you're speaking to God, it's probably God. But the litmus test is that it fills your soul and your heart with peace, joy, hope, encouragement, and consolation. Anything that gives you clarity, peace, joy, hope, consolation, gentleness, deeper faith, deeper trust in God. It is God speaking to you. It is truth and it is trustworthy. So I really hope that that helps you. And like I said, I'd rather you talk to God than talk about God because the only way to grow in hearing the voice of God is to talk to God. So I'll be praying for you. Um, Really awesome topic of interest. There's so much more I could say. But I think that's a good place to start. Have fun.